and Shabbat Shalom and welcome. We are in Ezekiel, scroll twelve, scroll twelve already from the basement here, live at the coast. I'm excited. Turn with me, if you will, to Ezekiel chapter twenty-nine and verse seventeen. This is a short scroll this week. Ezekiel scroll twelve. I can't believe we're getting to the end of Ezekiel and the revelation of the thirteen scrolls. So this week is chapter twenty-nine, and it extends all the way through to chapter. Um, so it's twenty-nine, verse seventeen is where it begins, and it extends through to Ezekiel chapter thirty and verse nineteen. And I'll read you the introduction, the first words from this visionary scroll from the prophet Ezekiel. On the first day of the first month of the twenty-seventh year. So there's our day, O one. O one twenty seven. So we are really getting to the end of the visionary cycle here. This is, as you can see, if you're alert and astute, if you remember Scroll Four, the dating of Scroll Four, going way back now, was ten, twelve, ten. So we've got a seventeen-year jump from chapter twenty-nine, verse one. Through chapter twenty-nine, verse sixteen, which was scroll four, we have a seventeen-year jump, which in the Masoretic text is literally one verse, verse twenty-nine,、um, chapter twenty-nine, verse sixteen to verse seventeen. I hope you're tracking with me there. Just this order of the scrolls and the dating of it is just a mind bomb to me, because there is a seventeen-year jump from. Um, Ezekiel chapter twenty-nine, verse sixteen, to Ezekiel chapter twenty-nine, verse seventeen. When we get the ordering of the scrolls, the difference between scroll four and scroll twelve,、um, where we're at today. So, anyway, what we're looking at today is Babylon will plunder Egypt. Babylon will plunder Egypt, and as we can read the Bible in Revelation 17, we know that Babylon, and we know that we're going to be dealing with in the end times, mystery Babylon, and Egypt. Of course, it typifies the world. Revelation 11 verse 8, and as we see through the prophet Hosea in Hosea 11, spoken of in Matthew chapter 2. Israel, my child, whom I love, out of Egypt, I called my son, and we are all the children of Elohim, the sons of Elohim. And what has He done? He's called us out of the world. And quite honestly, the past couple of months, I'm really at the recovery stage. I've been in recovery from infobesity, or、um, info. Infoxication, way too much information. So, I've taken some time off from the news because infobesity, way too much coming in, and I've just decided to dedicate myself just solely to the scriptures for the past couple of months. But then, when I realised I'm going to be teaching Ezekiel Scroll Twelve, Babylon will plunder Egypt. Egypt's a metaphor for the world. I had to do a deep dive into the news and come off of my infobesity this week, and 
I, I mean, it's just amazing all the stuff that's going on in the world. And it really is important as we're looking into this scroll. This scroll. I look back in England and the news in the UK. We've got um, Nigel Farage just quit UKIP. And that was all over the Tommy Robinson affair. And Tommy Robinson has been getting involved in UKIP and has really understood the Islamification of um, the United Kingdom. But that's caused one of the leaders, Nigel Farage, to quit. That's been big news. We've got the big march in, um, in London tomorrow, which is um, the Brexit betrayal. And I think Tommy Robinson's going to be involved in that. We've got the vote on Brexit. Will um, Theresa May, will she be out? I mean, she might be um, out of um, the vote there in um, England in the next few days. So the UK is in chaos. And we're not, we haven't even touched on the yellow jackets in, in France and the, the Champs-Élysées and now going into Belgium. And just, it's basically civil war. I mean, this is all like after me recovering from my infobesity just to get prepared for this week. I'm like, what's going on in the world? The Saudi conspiracy, the Saudi conspiracy. We don't need to say any more with that. And here at home in the United States, we've got the Mueller investigation. We've got the indictments, which is kind of like civil warish. I mean, it's just like the polarization is it's just in, insane right now. All of this talk of these indictments and what it means. The world is in chaos. And as I read Ezekiel Scroll 12, Egypt, a metaphor for the world, was in chaos. But Yahuwah is going to triumph over it all. And when I get into the infobesity and it becomes too overwhelming, I go back to the scripture and I will go, Yahuwah will come once again to conquer the chaos as he did at the beginning at creation. But the chaos today symbolizes the evil of the nations. And Yahuwah is in the process of removing the covering from his battle bow, just as he did in Genesis chapter 9, verse 13. Yahuwah is in the process of removing the covering from his battle bow. And Yahuwah is sending panic, I believe, right now amongst the nations, and the people are turning their arrows on their own leaders. You're seeing this now in France, you're seeing this in Germany, you're seeing this in the United Kingdom, and of course, at home here in America. So I'm excited to be able to get into this um, 12th scroll because I do believe it is very, very important today because we find Egypt, even the country itself in the Middle East, is exactly the same globally in the exact same position that Egypt was at the time of this vision. Because historically, historically, the Egyptians were embroiled in war with the Cyrenians and one with another. There was a civil war going on at the time of this vision that Ezekiel was giving, where the Egyptians were fighting amongst themselves, but they were also fighting with the Cyrenians, one with another, by which they had become severely weakened and impoverished, leaving them in an unstable and vulnerable state 
in the Middle East. So as we come into this 12th scroll or 12th vision, the vision is supposed to awaken us to be aware of an upcoming general devastation that was going to be happening in Egypt. We understand that Egypt is a metaphor for the world, but we can't divorce this from the actual country in the Middle East. So you're going to see this symbiotic relationship between what's happening in the world on a bigger scale and what's happening in the nation Egypt today and what was happening in the nation proper Egypt back then. This should awaken us up to the general devastation of Egypt at the hands of the globalists. We just saw in the recent years what the globalists have done in Libya with Gaddafi, what they've done in Iraq, Afghanistan, now Syria. The Egyptians have become cheap and easy prey in the time of this vision. Just as they are today, they've become cheap and easy prey to the sinister maneuvers of the Saudis and the Persians, which of course we're dealing with, as with Nebuchadnezzar, they can be subdued easily. You see, Egypt had become so worn down that she was able to become easy prey to the globalists that were a picture of the Persians, Nebuchadnezzar, and of course this is where the psalmist writes in Psalm 37 verse 13. It will be a cloudy day that is dark and dismal without the shining forth of any comfort and it shall threaten a storm, fire and brimstone and a terrible tempest. It shall be the time of the heathen, of the reckoning with the heathen for all of their heathenist practices. That time which David spoke of when Yahweh would pull out, pour out his fury upon the heathen. Set Psalm 79, 6, when they should sink, Psalm 9, verse 15. It'll be the destruction of Egypt and of all the states and countries in confederacy with her and in her region. Meaning, if you get involved in the world or you get involved in Egypt, you will come under the judgment that is going to be upon the world or upon Egypt. So we have to learn from the past mistakes so that we don't make the same mistakes in our day. To be friends with the world makes you an enemy, enemy, excuse me, of Yahweh. Paul said this, but we speak the wisdom of Elohim into a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which Elohim ordained before the world unto our glory. What is that mystery? Well, one mystery is this Hebrew word that we find comes across in the King James or in our Bibles, Mystery Babylon, Revelation 17. The Hebrew word there is Babel Raz or Raz Babel, Mystery Babylon. And a mystery, we know, is something secret, something that's hidden, 
a thing that maybe some understand, but many don't understand. And you can go into the world Egypt today and you can talk about Mystery Babylon and most people will be like, what what are you talking about? But if we're clued into the scripture, we understand that Mystery Babylon is something in the prophetic future that we need to be aware of. It's not a secret to us. It's not something hidden from us. And as we examine this 12th scroll, this 12th vision, we should not be in a hurry to just rush by what Ezekiel is saying. Even though this is only a very short scroll, we need to really pay attention to the judgments and listen to them as words addressed to us also today. So, without any more to be said... Let me begin by quoting to you from Revelation chapter 18, verse 4. It says, Come out of her, my people, that you may not be partakers of her sins, that you receive not of her plagues. Meaning, believers, come out of the world. Don't be involved in the world, because if you do, you'll get be a partaker of the judgments that come upon the world. This was exactly what happened with Egypt. Those that were in confederacy with Egypt, when Yahweh decided to judge Egypt, then they were partakers of her plagues, her judgment also. So when John the Revelator speaks this, he's actually pulling this out of the history of Ezekiel's 12th vision. Now, some of the remnant of the house of Israel and Judah, the children of the covenant, or the league, as they're called in Acts 3.25, the children of promise in Galatians 3.28. These sojourned in Egypt, contrary to Yahweh's command, and these then shall fall with them. Meaning, if we as believers are friends with the world, then we make ourselves actually a target enemy of Yahweh, because what? We're in collusion. What does it say in James chapter 4, verse 4? Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know you not that friendship of the world is enmity with Yahuwah? And whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of Yahuwah. So, this is not just a message for back then, but it's a message for us today to take check, to take stock of our lives and go... Am I in the world, but I'm not supposed to be of the world? I need to come out of her, my people, be dedicated to a holy living life with Yahuwah because I don't want to be caught in collusion with the world because then I'm going to be part of her judgments. Now, we know, going back to Babylon and Mystery Babylon, we know a woman is used to symbolize Mystery Babylon, and the woman is a city. So this woman, as she's described in the book of Revelation, Mystery Babylon, this woman, where does she sit? She sits on many waters, and the waters, it says, are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. Not only is this woman a city, but the city, here we go, the city is the headquarters over a vast international system. That kind of sounds like the New World Order to me. That sounds like the globalists to me. 
Now she sits, if you look at the text, she sits on how many hills? On seven hills. And the hills symbolize seven kingdoms. And this isn't talking about Rome. Many of the ancient Bible commentators will say, oh, this is talking about Rome and the, the hills of Rome. Now, this is not talking about Rome. This is talking about, in finality, we will see the kingdom of Saudi Arabia in general and Mecca specifically come into view here will meet all the conditions of mystery Babylon. Now, Jeremiah 51 in verse 24 refers to Babylon as a destroying mountain or a destroying force. And we've seen how the Saudis can treat those that get in their way, right? Like a destroying mountain, like a destroying force. No rule of law will stop them, even in the inner sanctums. So prophetically then, a hill or a mountain represents a kingdom or a king. Like in the seven heads of Daniel's four beasts and the four heads of Daniel's third beasts. So of the seven kings, we're told five of them have fallen. One is and the other, it hasn't yet come. Revelation 17.10. So these kings are headed seven specific kingdoms which we need to be aware of because as I jump back in the news this week, it's all like jumping right out at me. Number one, one of those kingdoms is Egypt. Number two is Syria, which is modern-day Syria. Number three, Babylon, which is modern-day Iraq. Number four, Medo-Persia, which is modern-day Iran. Number five, Greece. I mean, that country's a mess. Number six, Rome. Well, um, that's not looking too good either. And finally, number seven, the dastardly Ottoman Empire, which is Islamic, which is modern-day Turkey, need I say any more. All of these are in our news and truly, truly agitators, conspirators with the world. Saudi Arabia will plunder the world. Egypt, Saudi oil and the dollar, holding the world economic markets and Western infrastructure captive, ready for the big collapse and utter plundering. And like I said, just turning back just to get into the news this week. What do I look and what do I see? I see it's absolute chaos. It's interesting to know what is next week's Torah portion? None other than Vayigash, where Joseph goes in and there is economic collapse. Now, Joseph, Genesis chapter 47, is a picture of the anti-Messiah in our day. Because at the time, Joseph was the saviour and the anti-Messiah is going to come along and pretend to be the saviour of the global economy when in really he's going to actually bring about economic collapse. First of all, there's going to be a gathering up of all the money. Genesis chapter 47, verse 17. It's going to repossess those diesel cars, right, in Europe right now. What is all, what is all the trouble all about? 
It was 10 years ago, it was popular to have a diesel car. Now in the UK, they, they want to repossess those the diesel cars or the diesel engines because, you know, that isn't something that's going well. Verse 17 of Genesis 40, 47. Then in verse 19, you're going to find that people are eventually, they're just going to be so dis- disorientated, so discouraged. They just sell themselves into FEMA camps. And then verse 20, then finally, what will the globalists do? They'll move people into these little inner city dwelling units where everybody will live in these little boxes and everybody will go into the cities. Read it, Torah portion Vayigash, Genesis 47. That's right at the time when now we look today. What, the Dow Jones is down 800 points. The Nasdaq is down 4%. Um, cryptocurrency my goodness people have lost what 70 to 90 percent of their investments that this year i mean there's a market plunge the s&p down four percent what's going on ezekiel gives us the answer 29 verse 17 and it came to pass in the 27th year in the first month in the first day of the month the word of yahuwah came to me saying Benadam, son of man, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, he's caused his army to serve a great service against Tyre. Every head was made bald and every shoulder was exposed. Yet had he no wages and his army had no reward from Tyre for the service that it had served against it. So, historically, Nebuchadnezzar, he gained no spoils for all the hard work in attacking Tyre because the sea actually ended up flooding Tyre and it swept away all of its wealth. But this siege that Nebuchadnezzar had on Tyre today really is likened unto the siege we've had on nations. You see, Nebuchadnezzar's siege on Tyre was long and expensive and the rewards, well, it didn't pay off for the effort. What have we been involved in today? What countries have we been at siege for a long time and all of the hard work, all of the, all the long and expense of going to those countries, it really hasn't paid off. Iraq, Afghanistan, are likened unto Nebuchadnezzar's siege on Tyre. We have to stop having such a secular worldview come out of her, my people, but have a biblical worldview because, again, in James, we see friendship with the world is enmity with Yahuwah. Friendship with Egypt to be in collusion with the world makes us an enemy of Yahuwah. Look at verse 19 of chapter 29. Therefore, this says the master Yahuwah. See? I will give the land of Egypt to Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, and he shall take her multitudes and he shall take her spoils and he shall take her as a prey and that shall be the wages for his army. See, as with the nations and the people in the world, it's always the sin of three. It's always the sin of three. Number one, they always end up getting involved in idolatry. Number two, they always compromise with syncretism. And number three, 
There's an indifference towards Yahweh in the world. And it's always the sin of three. Wherever I go in the world, I always see people are caught up in idolatry. They're totally into syncretism. Well, it's that season right now, isn't it? And when you try to share the truth, they're totally indifferent to Yahweh and his word. Why is that? Because it's the sin of three that those in collusion with Egypt, with the world, always, always get entrapped by. Verse 20, it says, And I have given him the land of Egypt for his labor, with which he served against it, because they are working for me, says the master Yahuwah. Verse 21 In the day will I cause the horn of the house of Israel to spring out and I will give you an open mouth to speak for me in the midst of them and they shall know, they shall know that I am Yahweh. So the the ascent of Persia, the ascent of Persia was really a rebirth of Israel's pride because of Cyrus. The future king of Persia was actually born at this time. So it says an open mouth. It means Yahuwah gives those with an open mouth the fortitude to refute and silence their critics. And how do we refute and silence our critics? By the word of Yahuwah and the power of his Holy Spirit. Because the prophecies of Egypt's impending doom now come forth. Look at chapter 30, still part of this 12th vision, and now we're going to begin in the first verse. While you turn there, I'm just going to have a little sip. Now the word of Yahuwah came again to me saying, Son of man, prophesy and say, this says the master Yahuwah. Howl you, woe to that day, for the day is near. Even the day of Yahuwah, that fearful and awesome day, is near. A cloudy day, and it shall be, what will it be? How will we know that we're coming into the day of Yahuwah? Because the nations are going to be in blooming chaos. Chaos! Whether it's the yellow jackets in France and Belgium, the Brexit betrayal in the UK, the outsting of Angela Merkel in Germany, the collapse that we see in Greece, the, the I don't know, where are we at economically here in the USA? Seems like there's a massive market plunge going on right now. Vai gash, are we going to even get out of there? I don't know, but I'm alert and I read the Bible and I'm not discouraged because I realize the days and times that we live in. It shall be the time of the nations. And one thing I find, the stronger I get in my faith, the more the power of the Holy Spirit is in me and the more surety and confidence I get in the word, the more insecure, the more frightened, the more wishy-washy those that are in collusion with the world are. And they're all fine and strong when they've got their pride of the nations. But once the time of trouble for the nations comes in, you'll find that they have no backbone to stand. And as the Bible says, it will be like a man who leans upon a reed. 
And what happens when you lean upon a reed? That reed actually collapses and it ends up thrusting through and actually piercing the very hand on which you try to get support. You see, because the people are looking to the leaders, they're looking to um, all of this, you know, free health care and free, nothing's free. And when they lean upon it, guess what? It's not going to be there. Their insurance will fail them. Their retirement will fail them. And their social security, Medicare, eventually, it's not going to be there. It's like a reed that will end up actually bringing and impaling people. And if you rely upon that instead of the word of Yahuwah, well, FEMA camp will be welcoming you very soon. Look at verse 4 of chapter 30. And the sword shall come upon the Egyptians. And great pain shall be in Ethiopia when the slain shall fall in Egypt. And they shall take away her multitudes and her foundations shall be broken down. You see, there's coming the great day when the messianic kingdom will be ushered in and Egypt, the world, will be destroyed. And it will be, as the Bible says, a time for all nations. So we are in these birth pangs, these birth pangs that we're seeing now globally, globally everywhere. Look at verse 5. Ethiopia and Libya and Lydia. Well, just recently, in the past few months, Ethiopia, well, they had a state of emergency. In fact, the Coast Guard in, in, in Ethiopia on December the 6th, they just intercepted 14,795 migrants as they were out in the ocean trying to head to de- destabilize the EU. 14,795. This is crazy. Actually, actually, that wasn't Ethiopia. They were fleeing from Libya, which is our next country in the text of verse 5. But Ethiopia, they had a state of emergency recently. In Libya, they intercepted on December the 6th nearly 15,000 migrants that were trying to infiltrate and join the caravan to destabilize the EU. So we don't only have that problem going on here in America, south of our border, because who's funding all of this migration and Islamification? Of course, those in collusion with the world. There's nothing new under the sun. So we need to wake up to the agenda of what's going on. It's not just happening on our southern borders. The Libyans are involved because ultimately it is those in collusion with the New World Order, the globalists, that are bringing forth this. But Yahweh will not be mocked. He will not be mocked. Ethiopia, Libya and Lydia and all the mingled people All the sons of the land of the Brit shall fall with them by the sword. This says Yahuwah. They also that guarantee Bereth, a confederacy to Egypt, shall fall. And the pride of her power shall come down. So whether it's the United Nations, 
the International Monetary Fund, if they're in collusion and in confederacy with the nations, and if they stand as a guarantor for Egypt, then guess what? They're all going to come under that same strict judgment. And that judgment is going to be global in scope for the globalists. Look at verse 6 here. From the tower of Seunah shall they fall in it by the sword, says the master Yahuwah. Verse 7, and they shall be desolate, absolutely desolate, in the midst of the countries that are desolate. And her cities shall be in the midst of the cities that are wasted. And verse 8, and they shall know that I am Yahuwah when... When I have set a fire, not in the Champs-Élysées, not in Belgium, but in Egypt, but it's all a metaphor for the world today, not just strictly historically, but the word permeates into our very, very present and mystery Babylon, our prophetic future. And when all of our helpers shall be destroyed. That's a lot to take in, isn't it? And it's just a few verses, because this is the 12th vision. But Egypt's success was due to four things. Number one, its global allies. Number two, its large population. Number three, the Nile, and of course its canals. And number four, its gods. Its gods and Pharaoh with whom it regarded as deity. And our leaders, our leaders have all become vassals, vassals of the new world order. And they are in collusion with their pagan gods and they believe that their deity. I mean, we just had, what, 41st president just died um, this week. I won't even get into that reptilian new world order family the bushes i mean really do your own research but it's insane these leaders those leaders just as our leaders today they're all vassals of the new world order look at verse 9 in that day shall messengers go out from me in ships to make them complacent the complacent ethiopians Well, that's interesting because just in October, the Ethiopians presently, they just struck a peace deal after 34 years of war with the ONLF. 34 years of war. And they just struck a peace deal in October with the ONLF. So do you think they're feeling pretty cheery right now and complacent? For sure and for certain, after 34 years, and in fact, they've just, in Ethiopia now currently, they just have a new female president, which is the first since the empress that they had back in the 20s. So they are full of complacency. So I love how the word is true today and makes every mocker, every man a liar that does not believe in the inspiration of Yahweh's word and how he can literally, through the prophet Ezekiel, speak to an event that happened so long ago, but also have his hand upon his people today so that we can really be alert 
to not be deceived in these last days. Verse 9. In that day shall messengers go out from me in ships to make the complacent Ethiopians afraid. Well, they're complacent right now. And great pain shall come upon them as in the day of Egypt. For see, it's coming. This says the master Yahuwah. I also make the multitudes of Egypt to cease by the hands of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. He and his people with him, the ruthless ones of the nation, shall be brought to destroy the land. And they shall draw their swords. They shall draw their swords against the Egyptians and fill the land with the slain. And I will make the rivers dry. And I will sell the land into the hand of the wicked. And I will make the hand, the land wasted. And all that that is in it shall be wasted by the hand of foreigners. You see, the day of Yahuwah is near and hastening fast. Near and hastening fast. The day will reveal who really rules and orders the nations and who has the power to act. Well, it's Yahuwah. It's not these despotic leaders that think they're divine, these occult Luciferians. No. Verse 13 tells us this. This says the master Yahuwah, I will also destroy the idols and I will cause their images to cease out of Noph and there shall be no more a leader. So this is going to be a removal of the world's leaders. Are we seeing this now with Marcon, with May, with Merkel? What about the traitors and Trump? I mean, it remains to be seen. But they sure would like to see something happening on this state side. But Europe, Mark and May and Merkel, these are all hanging in the balance. Because it tells us there shall no more be a leader in the land of Egypt. Egypt and the world are synonymous. Come out of her, my people. Come out of Babylon. We must get wise to what's happening in the world. Not lose hope, but understand that Yahweh has a prophetic plan to judge the nations. But before he judges them, they will be in chaos. And it will be the trembling and the shaking of the nations. And that, I believe, we are seeing today. I really, truly do. And I will put a fear in the land of the Egyptians. And as the world becomes more unstable, more full of hate and more fearful, we as devout, holy Bible believers that have Yahuwah and the power of his Holy Spirit, we become more secure. We become more confident in him. We walk in power and truth. And we become that light to a dark and decaying world. Because we become that lighthouse to shine forth his brilliance in a chaotic, cosmic world that is imploding. Verse 14. I will make Pathros desolate and I will set fire in Zone, And I will execute judgment in Noph. And I will pour my anger upon sin. The strength of Egypt... 
and I will cut off the multitudes. Verse 16. And I will set fire in Egypt. Sin shall have great pain. And no shall be torn asunder. And no shall have daily distresses. The young men of Avon and of Pish-Besheth shall fall by the sword. And these cities shall go into exile. At Tafnis also the day shall be darkened when I shall break in that place the yokes of the Egyptians and the pride of her strength shall cease in her. As for her, a cloud shall cover her and her daughters shall go into exile. And I will execute judgment in Egypt so they shall know that I am Yahuwah. There's a purpose and a plan for all of this. At the end of the day, Yahuwah's hope is that the nations would see who is in charge. Not these political leaders. Who is in charge and who is the one that can calm the chaos? Who is the one that can bring forth the peace? But if we stay with a Western worldview instead of a biblical worldview, instead of a heavenly worldview, then we'll find ourselves in collusion with the world. And then you'll get the same judgment as the world. If we keep our interests focused on the here and the now in the world, Egypt, we'll come down with her, as it says in Ezekiel chapter 30, verse 6. Those that uphold Egypt, well, they'll fall as well. And then Egypt, the world as we know it, of course it's going to fall. Of course it's going to fall. Watch as the justice of Yahuwah unfolds. That's what we get to do. We get to be the generation that watches as the justice of Yahuwah unfolds. As the nations are in a turmoil and people are losing hope, we get to stand by and watch as the justice of Yahuwah unfolds. Egypt, they pretended to uphold Jerusalem. They truly did. They pretended historically in the time of this vision to uphold Jerusalem when she was just tottering, tottering. Just as our politicians today, they pretend to uphold Jerusalem as she is tottering in our day. As we also pretend to uphold Europe as she's tottering. But Trump is like, well, you know, we kind of got to leave them to it because we've got to take care of this nation. So I'm not into all this pretense of trying to be the world's policeman because ultimately you can't pretend to uphold tottering nations when you've got your own national problems at home. The USA, as Egypt before her, will prove to be, I think, a deceitful reed. And now those that that do pretend to uphold um, a worldly lifestyle, they'll prove to be no better. Because Yahweh's battle day against backsliders and the world begins in the heart, and it begins in the heart of Jerusalem. It begins in the heart of man, but it also begins in the heart of Jerusalem. And, and always, it's those that deceive others 
are commonly paid back in their own coin, aren't they? Those that deceive others, they're going to be paid back in their own coin. They themselves, well, they'll be deceived. The pride of your own power shall come down upon you unless you finally make that lifestyle change and come out of her, my people. And Yahweh is requiring that of this particular generation. And we don't have the excuses. Oh, well, my grandmother, she did this pagan tradition and she was a good devout believer. Well, if she was faithful to the revelation in her generation, then bless her. But we don't have that excuse because Yahweh is asking us to be faithful to the revelation of our generation as he prepares to sift the nations He's looking for a people that will come out from Egypt, come out from Babylon and proclaim his name, proclaim his truth, stand up for Bible things in a decaying world. And we need to have the faith of how to live in the meantime, because that's where we're at. We live in the meantime. It's not the day of Yahweh yet. But it's also not historically the time that Ezekiel actually prophesied to Egypt proper. We live in the meantime, in the midst of the prophecies. So we have to take from the past and learn and bring it into our present so that we are ready for the day of Yahweh in our prophetic future. We're the people, the generation In the meantime, as Yahuwah prepares us for what's about to come. And that's why I'm here to help prepare the saints in this, I believe, final generation before the day of Yahuwah. Have the faith to live in the meantime. Can we, in the midst of an evil, evil world, or on a bed of pain, when the nations are in chaos and enemies confront us or family and friends prove to be untrue, can we, when facing the powers of hell unleashed, nevertheless, can we still rejoice in Yahuwah? I say yes. Yes and amen we can. And that is what this vision is for us today. That in the midst of all this turmoil, in the midst of betrayal, in the midst of deceit, in the midst of the nations in freefall, imploding, can you and I as devout, faithful believers still stand and stand and say, bless the name of Yahuwah. I can, you can, we can be that clarion call to people to come to Yahuwah in this day and in this age. This was a short vision that Egypt is a metaphor for our world today and Babylon that came also will come again as mystery Babylon. And we have to be aware. So dig deep, read your scriptures, get into prayer and commit your life further, further to the holy devout calling that Yahweh has for all of us on the first day of the first month of the 27th year, Ezekiel delivered what I believe today is a powerful vision to 
to wake us up so that we will come out from her, my people. Because we don't want to be a part of the plagues. And we need to help gather those that have been caught up in collusion and compromise with the world. And many of us have friends that have backslidden. And it's time to reach those and say, look, you don't want to get caught up in that collusion because ultimately you'll be a partaker of those plagues. This vision really makes me just be sober-minded on the things of Yahuwah. Bless you and Yahuwah keep you. Next week we should be on the 13th scroll, our final, final scroll on this amazing study, Ezekiel and the revelation of the 13 scrolls. Amen. Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah. Thank you for joining us. And remember, connect with us online on our website. And of course, join us at the three pilgrimage feasts. We have Passover coming up here very shortly. Plan and prepare. And Yahuwah keep you safe and bless you. Shalom.